I want to share some verses of Scripture with you. We're, we're so glad that you're with us today. And let me just share a, a, a brief message of hope with you this morning. And I'm 36, the, the Bible says this. And as Jesus rode along, the crowd spread out their garments in the road ahead of him. And when he reached the place where the road started down to the Mount of Olives, all of his followers began to shout out and sing as they walked along, praising God for all the wonderful miracles they'd seen. Blessings on the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in highest heaven. But some of the Pharisees among the crowd said, Teacher, rebuke your followers for, followers for saying things like that. But he replied, if they kept silent, the stones along the, along the road would burst out into cheers. I want to talk to you for just a couple minutes today about this thought, where are you in the crowd? Where are you in the crowd? When I was a kid, we lived in uh, suburban St. Louis, not far from the airport, and uh, we had a bicycle club that was called the Roadrunners. And behind my house, we had a detached garage. It wasn't anything fancy. But uh, on the wall, we had 10 or 15 kids in this Roadrunner bicycle club. And one of the guys in our club was a little bit artistic, and he drew a picture of a Roadrunner on one of the walls. And to a 10-year-old kid, that picture looked pretty amazing. It was pretty good. I, I thought, man, that's, that looks just like the cartoon character. We were the Roadrunners, and on that garage, there was a couple big double doors that opened up onto a short driveway and then out into Burns Avenue. And we would come riding out of that garage. If a fire truck came by with the sirens on, if a police truck or a police, police car came by with its siren on, we would come out of that garage and we would ride behind the police <laughs> ride behind that fire truck because we wanted to see where all of the action was. We wanted to see where the fire was, and we would go to that place because we were so excited. We were part of the crowd. We were eager. We were anticipating. I look at this story in Luke chapter 19. We see Jesus as he enters into Jerusalem. This would be five days before he would be crucified. And when Jesus came into Jerusalem, in this story, this triumphant entry into Jerusalem, all the people wanted to see where the action was. All the people wanted to see the excitement. There was yelling. There was cheering. There was all kinds of, of, of excitement. A lot of people, the city of Jerusalem, was, was exploding with, with people and visitors that were coming into that town. A lot of people were there to take care of, of business before Passover. There was a lot of people that came, and they were the, there to make sacrifices and to make themselves ready in preparation for the Passover so they would be ready to eat the Passover meal. And Jesus' fame had been spreading. Just a few days prior to that, Jesus had raised Lazarus from the dead. And people heard that Jesus was healing the sick. 
They heard that Jesus was raising uh, dead people, that he was, he was healing and, and opening up blinded eyes. There was a lot of excitement, and everyone wanted to see Jesus. They were hoping that maybe they could see a miracle that Jesus would perform right before their eyes. And here was Jesus. He came humbly riding into Jerusalem on a borrowed donkey. Not his own personal donkey, but one that he had borrowed. It was kind of like his humble birth in a stable. He came riding into Jerusalem. And people, the, the scripture that I just read to you says this, that as Jesus came into, came into Jerusalem, that many people took palm branches and they laid them on the ground. There are other people, and they took their coats out. They took their garments off. And they laid them on the ground, paying homage to Jesus as he rode into Jerusalem. The scripture says that the people shouted and cheered, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed be he who comes in the name of the Lord. In that crowd, there was a lot of, lot of people. There were many kinds of people in that crowd. There were some people that just wanted to see the, the enthusiasm. There were some people that just wanted to see the fire. They were kind of like the road runners. They were looking for the action. They didn't know where they were going. They didn't know where they were headed, but they knew that something exciting was happening, and so they wanted to be there, and they wanted to be part of that crowd. There were some people, and they were caught up in the hype. They were caught up in the moment. They were caught up in the emotion. They didn't know what they were cheering for, but they were cheering. And they were yelling about something because everyone else was yelling and everyone else was cheering. They were frantically yelling for Jesus. But just a few days later, Jesus would be crucified. The same exact crowd. Many of these people that were in that crowd, that were cheering and yelling for Jesus in five days they would be calling for Jesus' execution because they didn't have a walking relationship with Jesus Christ. They didn't have a personal experience with Jesus Christ. There were all kinds of people in the crowd. There were some people in the crowd that knew that Jesus was their Savior. There were some people in the crowd that hoped that Jesus was the Savior. There were some people in the crowd that doubted Jesus was the Savior. And yet there were other people in the crowd like the Pharisees that denied that Jesus was the Savior. The people, people in, in the crowd were yelling for all kinds of reasons. Some of them had had a personal experience with Jesus Christ. And they praised Jesus because they knew that he had been their Savior. They knew that he had given them a lifeline. They knew that he had saved them from utter hopelessness. They knew that Jesus was their Savior, and they called out to him. They praised him because once they were lost, but now they, were, they are found. There's some of you this morning that's sitting in your cars, and you can remember that day that Jesus showed up in your life, and once you were lost, but praise God, now you are found, and you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that Jesus is not just a Savior, but Jesus is your Savior. There were some people in the crowd, they wanted Jesus to perform a miracle. They wanted Jesus to give them a sign. 
They said, if we could just see a sign, we'll believe that you're God. We'll believe that you're Jesus. They were looking for the, for the wrong reason. There were some people that were there for the thrill of the moment. There were some people there, you know, like, kind of like when we go to Disneyland or something like that. We're there for the hype. We're there for the, for the, for the good time. We're there so when we go home, we can tell everyone about it. And there were some people that was at Passover, and they were just hoping that maybe they could see Jesus perform a miracle. And that way, that when they got home, they could say, hey, listen, we saw that guy named Jesus, and we saw him raise someone from the dead, and it was really amazing. They had no intention whatsoever of really making Jesus their Savior. They were just there because they wanted to have something to brag about. There were some people in the crowd and they were yelling for Jesus because they hoped that Jesus would do something and he would indict himself and that they could call for his crucifixion. There were all kinds of people in the crowd that day as Jesus passed by. There were some people that knew that he was their Savior. They were imperfect people. But because Jesus looked down and he loved them, he made all the difference in their life. I, be, I think about that crowd. All kinds of people were in that crowd. I think about a lady that was taken in adultery and she was going to be stoned to death. And Jesus Christ came and he saved her on that day. He saved her life. When they're getting ready to throw stones at her, Jesus intervened. And Jesus said, he that is without sin, let him cast the first stones. And he saved that lady's life. There was all kinds of people in the crowd that day. I believe Mary Magdalene was in that crowd, whom Jesus had delivered from demon possession and from bondage. Jesus showed up in her life and made all the difference. All kinds of people were in that crowd. Entire families were there in that crowd praising Jesus. Mothers and fathers, children were praising Jesus together. Why? Because they knew that he had made all the difference in their family. I think about the, the, the leader, one of the leaders of the synagogue named Jairus, whose daughter was dead. Jesus went and raised her back to life. And Jairus and his family and his wife and his daughter was probably in that crowd. And they knew that Jesus was their Savior. And they called that and they praised the name of Jesus. There were so many people in that crowd. I think about the man. Entire families were in that crowd that Jesus had made all the difference. I think about the man that lived in the cemetery that was demon-possessed. The Bible said that he was possessed by a legion of demons, by a multitude of demons. He would run around in the tombs. People were afraid of him. But one day, Jesus went to the cemetery. And Jesus went to the man that everyone was afraid of. And Jesus commanded that demon, that, that mob of demons to come out of that man. And he delivered that man. And then he told the man, now go back home. I believe that man and his wife and his family was in that crowd. They knew that Jesus was their Savior. There was all kinds of people in that crowd, like Zacchaeus, who had a questionable background. He was a tax collector. He was hiding in a tree. Jesus called out to Zacchaeus and said, come down from that tree, Zacchaeus. I'm coming to your house today. You see, Jesus changed everything in Zacchaeus' life. What I'm telling you today is there's all kinds of people in that crowd. 
I think Nicodemus, there's some people and they were praising and shouting silently. Have you ever praised Jesus silently? Maybe you're at school and you were afraid to tell someone that you were a Christian. Maybe you're at work and you're afraid to tell someone you're a Christian for being ridiculed. Nicodemus praised silently. Nicodemus was a religious leader. He was afraid that what other people might say. He was afraid of what the high priest might say about him. So the scripture says in John chapter 3, Nicodemus came to Jesus by night because he didn't want to be seen with Jesus. And Jesus began to explain the plan of salvation to Nicodemus. And Nicodemus, I believe, was in that crowd, and he was praising Jesus silently. You see, there were all kinds of people in that crowd. There was people in the crowd that knew that Jesus was their Savior. My question to you today is, where are you in the crowd? Do you know that Jesus is your Savior? Have you made Jesus your Savior? Have you accepted him? Have you believed upon Jesus? Have you confessed your sin and declared that he's your Savior today? Where are you in the crowd? There were people in the crowd that hoped that Jesus was a Savior. I think about a rich young ruler that came to Jesus. And this rich, rich young ruler asked Jesus what he had to do to be saved. And Jesus said, well, keep all the commandments. He said, I've done all those things. Jesus looked at him and he said, well, go sell everything you got and give it to the poor. And then you'll, you'll be all right. And the scripture says this, the young man turned around and he walked away because he didn't want to give everything to Jesus. You see, that's what, what he wants to do. He wants us to give us our heart. Give our heart to Jesus. Give our goals to Jesus. Give our ambitions to Jesus. All kinds of people were in that crowd. There were some people in the crowd that doubted Jesus. They doubted that he was a savior of the world. Like Pontius Pilate. In a few days, Jesus would stand before Pontius Pilate. Pilate would look at Jesus. He didn't really believe. He doubted that Jesus was the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He doubted that Jesus was the Savior. He didn't find any fault in him, but he still doubted that Jesus was the Son of God. Eventually, he would allow the people to crucify Jesus. There was all kinds of people in that crowd. There were other people in the crowd that denied Jesus like the Pharisees. Jesus condemned their dead works. He condemned their dead faith. He condemned their dead religion. He condemned their dead motives, and they didn't like Jesus. They denied Jesus. So the question today is, where are you in the crowd? Where are we at today? Do we know that Jesus is our Savior? Do we hope that he's our Savior? Do we doubt that he's our Savior, or do we deny that he is our Savior? Listen, the devil is content. Get this today. The devil's content to keep you somewhere between hoping and doubting that Jesus is a Savior. If he can keep you in that, that condition, you'll never be saved. Hoping. There's a lot of you today that's hoping that Jesus is a Savior. There's some of you today, and I, I believe that this message will be broadcast online. I don't think we're live with it right now, but we will, we will be. There are people today that are hoping. They're looking for a Savior. I used to, years ago, I taught a class, and I had a guy that was an agnostic that came to my class every single week. And he'd sit on a front row. His name was Clarence Benson. And Clarence would say, I'm here today 
looking for evidence of the big guy. That's what he talked about. He was hoping. He was hoping that Jesus was the Savior. But you know what? The devil kept him doubting. The devil wants to keep us doubting. But we got to know that Jesus is our Savior today. we we got to know that Jesus can make all the difference in the world. I think about Paul. I'm getting, I'm getting ready to close in a moment. I think about Paul in the Bible. At one time, Paul denied Jesus. But here's what happened to Paul. He was on the road to, Dema- to, Dena- to Damascus. He was going to persecute more Christians. He was going to put more Christians to death. But on the road to Damascus, here's what happened. Jesus showed up. Can you remember the day that Jesus showed up in your life? Can you remember the day that everything changed? That happened to Paul. He had doubted, but Jesus showed up. And on that day, on the road to Damascus, he bowed his heart because he finally recognized that Jesus was not only the Savior, but he made Jesus his Savior. And that's what God wants us to do, to make Jesus our Savior. I went to high school with a, with a guy, good friend of mine. His family had no religious background whatsoever. And uh, on occasion, he would go to church with me. And he told me, he said, Bob, when I come to your church, I don't know what it is about your church. When I come to your church, I can feel something. I don't know what it is, but there's something I feel there. And I told him, I said, that's the Holy Spirit. I said, Rick, that's the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit. He's drawing us. He's dealing with us. He's trying to show us that Jesus is the Savior, pointing us to Jesus. I had a privilege of, of, he had never got married. And I had a privilege a few years ago of marrying him and his fiance, performing the ceremony. And we said, just a day or so before the wedding, he said, you know, Bobby said, I don't know what it is. He said, I think God's mad at me. He said, your life is so good. My, my life's been a train wreck ever since we got out of high school. One disaster after another disaster after another, another disaster. He said, what is the difference? Why is your life so good? I said, the, the, the difference is Jesus. You say, Pastor Bob, are you saying that if I follow Jesus, I'll never have a problem? No, I'm not saying that. Because the Bible says the rain falls on the just and on the unjust. We have difficulties in life. There are problems. There are difficulties. There are setbacks. But here's the difference. That in the midst of the storm, that Jesus is with us. That no matter what we're facing, that he gives us hope. And he gives us direction. And he gives us wisdom. And he gives us peace. And Jesus can, Jesus can calm the storm in your life. Know him as your Savior. Make him your Savior today. At that wedding, a couple days later, I performed that wedding ceremony. And uh, whenever I got there, there was another guy that I graduated with there. And he looked at me, he said, Bob Kelly. He said, wow. He said, you became a pastor. He said, I can't believe it. And this guy was a jock in high school. He was a all-star basketball player. He was the kind of guy that everyone wanted to be identified with. And he told me, he said, Bob, let me tell you what happened to me. 
He said, four years ago, he said, my life was out of control. He said, I was literally doing everything under the sun. He said, I was in a wreck. I was in a heavy equipment wreck. And he said, I was nearly killed four years ago. He said, God got me to a place where he could deal with me, where he could speak to me. And he said, one day, he said, I felt Jesus. I felt the Holy Spirit drawing me. He said, one day I had an encounter with Jesus Christ and I bowed my heart and I gave my life to Jesus. And I recognized on that day that Jesus was the Savior and I made him my Savior by accepting Christ and believing that he died on the cross and confessing my sins and declaring that he was the Lord of my life. And today that's what I want to want to challenge you to do. Where are you in the crowd? Do we know that he is our Savior? Do we hope that he is our Savior? Do we doubt that he is our Savior? Or do we deny that he is our Savior? The devil will try his best to keep us at that place between hoping and doubting. Because if we keep hoping or doubting and we stay in that middle place, we'll never know Jesus is our Savior. But he loves us so much. He is not willing that any would perish, but that all would come to eternal life. And right now, we're at this Easter season. This is the Palm Sunday. Next week's going to be Easter Sunday. Next week's going to be Resurrection Sunday. We're going to have a glorious service. But I want you to examine yourself, and I want you to examine your heart and say, where am I? Do I know that Jesus is my Savior? There are people, it, it, I'm troubled today. I'm troubled in my spirit today by people that go to church every single Sunday, but they don't know that Jesus is their Savior. And I say, man, I must not be preaching the Word of God. I must not be declaring the truth of God accurately because God loves us so much that he gave his son to die upon a cross. And he wants us to know, and he wants us to make Jesus our Savior. Not just hoping, not doubting, not denying, but he wants us to turn our life and heart over to Jesus Christ. And so today, would you pray this prayer with me? Every, every, would you pray this prayer with me today? Jesus, I accept you as my Savior. Jesus, I believe that you died upon the cross for my sin. I believe, Jesus, that you took my sin upon yourself on that cross. I believe, Jesus, that they laid you in the grave. I believe, Jesus, that on the third day you rose as the victor over death and hell. Today, Jesus, I come to you exactly as I am. Today, Jesus, I confess all of my sins. And I thank you for saving me. Jesus, I declare that you are my Savior. And today I know that you are in my life right now. Help me to grow. Teach me your ways. In Jesus' name, amen.